great pact. I promise teach karate that to my part. You promise learn. I say you do no question that to your part. Deal? Steal? This. First wash all the car, then wax. Wax. But what do I have to wash all the car? Remember, dear, no question. Yeah, but I... Wax on, right hand. Wax off, left hand. Wax on, wax off. Breathe in through nose, out the mouth. Wax on, wax off. Don't forget to breathe. Very important. Wax on, wax off. Hello, friends and fans. Welcome. Don't worry, you're not listening to Mr. Miyagi. This is Uli Shield, aka Mr. Koreatik. And in today's podcast, I'm going to talk about ATS. It's the question I get asked almost five times every day. And so I thought I'm going to talk about what the hell is ATS and what does it mean for you if you are a job hunter or a career changer. And to understand ATS, you'll need to understand the different types of job seekers. You'll need to get the hang of some of the statistics to accept what ATS is and how it affects you. Then you need to understand and learn who actually uses ATS the most. And then you need to understand what does ATS mean in the context of a recruiter or an HR professional. And then I'll talk you through the five behaviors that will murder your job hunt if you're not understanding how ATS works. And then last but not least, I'm going to tell you and show you how to beat the ATS software that is used everywhere out there where you are applying for jobs. You may or may have not come across the term ATS. It stands for Applicant Tracking Software, or if it's multiple softwares talking to each other, Applicant Tracking System. At some point, you might have had contact with it during your job search. These softwares or systems, they're often portrayed as the robots that sort through your application in most instances being your resumes and your cover letter. And these softwares ultimately then decide whether or not you make it into the yes category or to the no category. In other words, whether you are going to get into an interview or not, and if you're successful with that, whether you're going to get the job or not. The reality is much less terrifying than that description. However, there is a fact, and that is as a job seeker, you probably either ignore it or you don't know about it, and then you end up in what we call the communication black hole. And that's when people come to me and they go, what the hell is ATS? And I need to explain to them what ATS is all about. So before we get started, first I wanna take you through a bit of a concept of the different types of job seekers. So if you are like me and you live in Australia, then at some stage of your job hunting, you've either used Seek 
or My Career or LinkedIn. If you're in the US, you use Indeed, Monster and so on, Canada and so on, other different sites in the UK, uh, probably Indeed. The point is you're falling into one of three categories of a job hunter. And the first category is called a seeker. So that's usually the candidates that are actively searching for jobs. And they usually make around about 20% or up to 27% of the job hunting population or working and job hunting population in Australia. The second category is the guys that we call the monitors. That's the candidates who define their job seeking behavior as not actively looking for jobs to apply for, but rather keeping an eye on roles in the industry or their market. And this group of people makes up the lion's share of the working population comprising almost 50%. And the third category is called the settled job hunters or career changers. Unsurprisingly, settled uh, job hunters or candidates identify as those who are not doing anything to look for a new job. And this uh, group or this uh, category rounds out the remaining 28 to 30 percent of the working population and almost half. Just imagine that number. Almost half of them are aged between 45 and 64 years old. And the reason why I'm explaining these three types to you is I'd like to set the scene to ask yourself, which of these three are you falling into? Are you a seeker, a monitor, or a settled job hunter slash career changer? Now, the next thing that I'd like to tell you about from the vision of a recruiter or an HR professional is the behavior when job hunters are out there when they are applying for jobs. And we as the HR professionals or recruiters, we can actually see at which stage or which behavior you're currently at. And here's how I always describe it to my clients. The first stage in the job hunting is what we like to refer to as the honeymoon stage. You know, you've resigned from a job or you've been made redundant, you've got a nice package or you're just starting. We call that first stage the honeymooner. And the output during the honeymoon stage is quite selective because you're confident, you know, I'll be fine. I have enough money. I'm just starting. I have a great career behind me. I'm sure they'll figure out why I'm the right person. And, you know, all of these other reasons, a bit like, you know, a honeymoon. And the output of the number of applications from these honeymooners, depending on their age group slash category, is somewhere between one to five applications per week. Now, as we know, uh, good times don't usually last too long. Same thing with honeymoons. At some stage, they're over. We either run out of money or uh, it's just a short booking that we have been able to do. Lots of reasons why we run out of time as a honeymooner. And what happens is honeymooners then go into the next step, into the next behavior, and that's called the high activity mode. The high activity mode is, is when you're increasing the number of applications that you're pushing out there because you're not getting the result that you expected during the honeymoon period. And the number of applications then 
increases from what was just between one and five applications per week to somewhere between five and 10 applications per week. Now, if you're a recruiter or an HR professional, you know the third category. That's the category that is the main reason why ATS exists. And that is the category of candidates who are increasing their output of applications because they don't see any result. They're in a communication black hole. They're pushing application after application without any invitations for an interview. And they then move into what we call the stress mode. And when candidates are in a stress mode, the number of applications increase from something like from five to 10 per week, up to three to five applications per day. And that's when they're literally bullet spraying the systems, the internet, the job sites with their applications. They go through it, looks like me, sounds like me, pays the right money, has the right title, copy paste sent, copy paste sent. Stress mode uh, job candidates or applicants are one of the main reasons why ATS exists. And now I'm going to offer you some statistics, some facts, figures and numbers around ATS so you get a bit of an idea why ATS is used nearly everywhere. 98%, just imagine that number, 98% of the Fortune 500 companies globally, the large companies use an ATS software, according to the number one ATS software, Captera, an applicant tracking system out there that regularly reviews uh, the use of ATS everywhere. And the majority of large companies across the globe, especially in the Anglo-Saxon world, so UK, US, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, etc., you name it, South Africa, etc., the majority of large companies use some type of applicant tracking system, including small, medium businesses. They're all following suit because ATS makes their life easier. Here's another fact, 70%, just imagine that number, 70% of all the applications or resumes are not seen by recruiters, HR professionals, or employers. Big and small companies get thousands of applications each week, uh, reported 50,000 per week for Microsoft and up to 75,000 per week for Google. And if you're in Australia and you're a company like Telstra or Atlassian, it's in the thousands per week. There's no time for a human to go through each one of these applications. The ATS cuts approximately 70% that don't match the required criteria of the jobs that people are applying for. Now, here's another interesting statistic, particularly if you're a job hunter. Imagine you want to earn somewhere between seventy dollars to $80,000. How long do you think is the average for you to secure a job? Well, the average, according to SEEK, that's Australia's number one job site, is currently 82 days. Now, when I say that's the average, that's the average across the board. But the reality is actually different. As a recruiter, as an HR professional, we know that the average is somewhere between four to six months, especially currently uh, during and post-COVID. 
Now, don't freak out. That is four to six months if you don't understand what ATS is and how to beat the ATS software slash systems. Now, here's another uh, set of numbers that I wanted to share with you because I'm right in the thick of recruiting for up to 20 different positions. And I've always been in the recruiting business. I've always been on the side of the table where I had to look for professionals, where I had to interview. And these are the numbers that we have experienced, we as the recruiters, the HR professionals, before, during, and now we're very close to the post-COVID period. So if we had a job that was paying somewhere between fifty dollars to $80,000 before COVID, we would receive somewhere between 30 to 50 applications in the first one week to 10 days. Then the same position in the period when COVID started, so from December 2019 to April, May 2020, we would suddenly get for that same type of position between 100 to 120 applications in the first 10 days. And then at the peak of COVID, so this has been the last six months, so I'm talking about the last six months of 2021, we would get a staggering up to 200 applications in the first 48 hours. Imagine that number. That is not manageable without the use of a software that helps us to filter the candidates into a yes or a no category. Now, I'll quickly give you three reasons why that number has gone through the roof. The first reason is the vast majority of people has been forced to work from home. And with that, the vast majority of people had the ability to actually apply for jobs while they're working from home. That's one of the main reasons why the number of applications have gone through the roof. The second reason is what we refer to as the great resignation wave. I would really encourage you to Google that, the great resignation. Have a read of what the recruiting and HR professionals say about the current headspace of job hunters and career changers in 2021 at the end of what we all call the lockdowns in the post-COVID-19 period. We all had lots of time to reflect on our lives, on our jobs and how they affect how we live and how we work. And that has triggered a huge wave of change in mindsets, a huge wave of resignations. And as a result of that, it has obviously also increased in huge numbers, the number of applicants for each position. And here is the third number. It's the number of applicants that are applying from other locations that they would not have applied from before COVID because now uh, employers have realized that people can work from home, that employers can trust people to work from home. And so you get people apply for jobs on the East Coast, for jobs on the West Coast and vice versa. That's the three main reasons why the numbers are going through the roof. And that is one of the many main reasons why we can't handle the volume of incoming applications without the use of ATS software. 
Now, look, ATS is nothing new. It's actually been around for almost 15 years. And like I said before, it's uh, 98% of all the businesses across the globe are using ATS at some stage. The reason why I'm uh, coming up with that number is, again, if we look at it in the context of you, the job hunter, it's actually a bit uh, frustrating because if you look at it and you realize that the fate of your application is decided by a software, then that can really bring people down because our parents used to tell us, you know, be a good person, study hard, work hard, you know, all these uh, important things, and then you'll make a career and then you have a bright future. And then all of a sudden someone tells us that the fate of our application is decided by a software, not by a person. That's pretty bad news. But don't stress out. It's not as bad as it sounds. It's only the first hurdle. And I'm going to show you how to make it past the first hurdle, which is the hurdle which takes you to the person with a brain and a heart who then actually reads your application documents so you can get job interviews and ultimately get the jobs that you deserve. So what the hell is an applicant tracking system? An ATS is a system that tracks applications. The best way to visualize an ATS is that it is a big filing cabinet. There are different categories of people that can be in it, but they all happen to be in folders in the filing cabinet. You may be in a folder of applicants waiting to be reviewed, for example, or you may be in a folder of reviewed applicants who have been rejected, or you may be, if you're doing it right, you may be in the yes category of candidates who have addressed everything that I'm looking for in my job and you're explaining in your applications which of my problems you can solve. And therefore, you're in the folder yes category. And within that yes category, there is other categories. And the one that you want to be in is what's called the shortlist. And because there is such a large number of candidates who make it into the yes category, um, because there's a larger number of people who now understand how ATS works, you want to ensure that you're at the top end of the yes category or the top end of the shortlist. Now, ATS software have lots and lots of numbers of functions. The key thing for you to know is that all functions are managed by people using the systems. And it doesn't matter whether you're a very small business and it's just a, a person coordinating it, or you are a medium-sized business where you're working with one or two HR professionals, or you are a large organization where you're working with HR professionals and talent acquisition people, or even recruiters. There is no rogue system out there doing things in the ATS system without human intervention. And in fact, guys, that's why many HR professionals and particularly recruiters will tell you, the job hunter, to submit your application online. It's not to give you a brush off. It's to get you into the system to get the process rolling for you. So the short version is all of the cool stuff that you want to happen with your application, if you're doing it right, happens inside the ATS, whether that's 
interviews are requested in the ATS, notes about you are documented in the ATS, and if you're lucky and successful, an offer is created through the ATS so you can get the jobs you deserve. So remove yourself from this idea that I, the recruiter, or I, the HR manager, or I, the receptionist, or I, the person, the executive assistant who is reporting to a hiring manager, actually looks through every single application in the inbox. Stuff doesn't arrive in the inbox anymore. It most likely, in over 90%, arrives in an ATS system. And when one of these eyes open their laptop or their computer at the beginning of the day, they look at one bucket, and that's the bucket that made it into the yes category. And if you don't make it into the yes category, then you're not going to be seen by a person with a brain and a heart and an understanding of your industry, your segment, your background, and all the other good stuff that you're trying to explain in your application documents. So how is this for an explanation on what the hell is ATS? If you like my insights in this podcast, please share it with a friend or a fellow job hunter out there or a career changer. There are lots of other helpful pods in my podcast channel on Podbean. I pod about a lot of other similar topics in my channel. So stay tuned and subscribe to my channel and grab your weekly dose of career insights and tips and also grab some of my regular specials. Make sure that you do. Okay, we're almost there. Stay with me. Remember at the beginning of this pod, I had promised to show you and explain to you how to beat the ATS system. But before I can do that, what I quickly wanted to talk about is five behaviors that will definitely murder your job hunt, even if you understand how ATS works. So let's quickly go through that. Now, you might ask yourself, why is he not spilling the beans how to beat the ATS? Why is he doing a pit stop with this, how you can murder your job hunt? Well, the point is this. What if you beat the ATS and then you make it in front of a human eye, a person with a heart and a brain who understands who you are, but you're putting all these other classic mistakes into your document? Then you've passed the first hurdle, but you killed it at the second stop. And I want you to have success past the first hurdle, the ATS, and then make it past the person with a brain and a heart. So here are five behaviors that will murder your job hunt. So number one is neglecting your cover letter or even worse, your resume. Now resume, I'm pretty sure you're going to do right, but I quickly wanted to cover the topic of the cover letter. Most recruiters abhor them, most HR managers also, and I do as well, but you need to pay attention to it. So pay attention to the job ad. If it specifically requests of you to write a cover letter, make sure that puppy is damn good. Number two reason to murder your job hunt is getting a little bit overboard or getting a little bit too creative. Unless, guys, you're a graphic designer and you're applying to a company that's known for its eccentric design look and feel, 
there's really absolutely no reason to get creative with your resume. So don't show up with funky design. Show up with a creative resume if it's really important to you only to the job interview. And if it's important, you can even put on a costume. Okay, and here's reason number three. I call it getting too pushy or the exaggerated version of being pushy is the stalking. Here's the scenario. You've sent in your application for a job that you really want and then you haven't heard anything back maybe for a week. And after that week, you shoot an email to the recruiter or the HR person sort of asking what's the next step. Now, most tech pros would probably assume that they didn't get the job and move on from the next stage. They would just move on to the next applications. If you're one of the other types, you might send another email or you might even follow up with a phone call to the hiring manager before you give up. Those are all reasonable responses. But guys, whatever you choose to do in the face of silence, though, that's really important. There's really one behavior you definitely shouldn't engage in, and that's uh, called being pushy and maybe even stalking. So uh, obsessively and excessive phone calls or emails about the gig will definitely kill it. It might even get you blacklisted by the recruiters or HR people. And here's number four, uh, lying about your skills. Look, guys, a bit of exaggeration, maybe even an a slight element of fibbing is uh, is normal in most applications. Uh, you might be tempted to fudge your resume a bit, but embellishing your skills and your experience will inevitably blow back on you. Most hiring managers or recruiters discover that you're uh, cheating and that you're exaggerating and maybe even lying pretty much immediately. And the way we do that or the way recruiters tend to do that is we conduct a simple scan of social media or future co-workers will also find out when you're not really capable of doing what you claimed in your application material. That's called the Impress Proof Deliver stage. Uh, I'm going to do a podcast, maybe even a YouTube video on that. Um, maybe keep an eye on my channel. Whatever you do, keep in mind, there's no anger quite like the anger of a team that's discovered that a new member, so that, that would be you, can't do the job they were hired to do because they were lying. Okay, and then last but not least, but this is the one that gets my hair up all the time, is when I talk to potential candidates who made it past the first hurdle, maybe even the second hurdle, but then when they get towards the final stages, I can immediately see it that they haven't done their preparation. And I'll talk you through that. So basically what it means is you've built your networks of contacts, i.e. your professional colleagues, former co-workers and so on. And then your social media is also all up to date, etc. And then when I look at it a bit deeper, it actually looks bad. So what you need to do is you need to check and double check and check one last time that everything, not just your resume and cover letter, but all your other materials are 
free of, you know, bad, unprofessional messages, typos, and more importantly, inaccurate information, overlapping dates and things like that. The point is, you can't just spontaneously plunge into a new job search. You actually need to do your prep. So make sure that the people who need are alerted that your documents, your online profiles, portfolios, whatever you have are up to date and that you have an idea of what you want to do and guys important for how much and also ensure that you have a record of where you've applied. Otherwise, you could very well be spinning your wheels for a long time because when either recruiter or either HR person call you and I ask you, is now a good time to talk to you? And I talk about my offer and you can't remember who I am, then I know you're not doing your prep. Enough said. So guys, we're on the finish line now. Now I'm going to tell you how to beat the ATS system. In other words, how to make it past the first hurdle so your application is seen by a person with a brain and a heart so you can make it to the next and most important stage, which is the interview. Okay, guys, so here is how you're going to beat the robot, so to speak, how you can get your application documents past the system and into human hands. The first one, the first rule of Fight Club, I'm going to do a Miyagiism here. The first rule is do only apply to rules you're qualified for. In other words, what that means is make sure you read the job ad at least two times and if you don't have at least 60 out of 100% of what the job ad is asking for, and if you can't uh, solve their problems 60% of 100, then don't waste your time, don't apply for it. That would be number one. Number two is, this is a very, very common one. Don't apply to tons of jobs at the same company. I get this a lot with our FIFO, our fly-in, fly-out mining and construction clients. You know, these big companies, they have up to 10, 15 roles. And then the candidates think, well, if I shoot 10 or 15 different applications to the same company, I might make it with my ATS proof document. Well, what you're basically doing is you're telling them that you're in stress mode. Remember, I talked about that and that you're a serial applicant and that you're not really invested in the application. So don't do that, guys, because the ATS will highlight you that you're a serial applicant. The next thing is the so-called keywords. And the keywords are essentially all the doing words that you are going to find in the job ads. So not the being words, but the activity words, the doing words. And what you should try to do is include as many of these activity words in your application documents. But, and this is really important, you need to put your keywords in context. So if they don't make context, if you're just trying to achieve score by plastering your resume with keywords, then the ATS system will basically say, well, nice game, nice try, but it's, it's not making sense. And the formula here is essentially this. If you're creating a sentence that includes activity words, then the sentence itself is just a motherhood statement. 
The formula to put context into the motherhood statement is by adding facts, figures, and numbers, where, when, who, for, etc. So do put uh, your keywords into context, and then your application will score much, much higher. And what that basically means is don't try to trick the ATS. The ATS will actually work that out. Okay, and then the next one, which is a really hotly debated one, is you need to choose the right file type. I know there's lots of people out there who have Apple and whatnot. The point is the world works and runs on two types of file formats. One is called doc, docx, and the other one is called PDF. Those are the only two formats you should use for your application documents. Enough said. The next one is the last one, but is really uh, super important. And that is you need to ensure that your resume is easy to scan. In other words, remember, it's a software. Let's just call them the robots. The robots do the same thing that humans do. The robots work like a scanner. They scan your document from the left to the right and they extract the information that is required and compare it against the job that you're applying for. But if your document kit, so sometimes it's just a resume and sometimes it's a resume and cover letter, if that cannot be scanned because it's not done and prepared properly, in other words, it's not ATS friendly, then your score goes backwards and you're out again. You're not making it in front of a human eye. But if it is done properly and you make it in front of a human eye, then you basically pass both hurdles, the ATS software as well as the human eye, because you know it, I know it, no one wants a complicated story. So make sure that your document design is easy on the eye. And that basically means ATS-friendly resume formatting is very similar to recruiter-friendly resume formatting. So like a human, the ATS software will read from the left to the right to the bottom. So keep that in mind as you format your document. For example, your name and contact information should be at the top and your work history should start with your most recent or current position. And there should be no surprises about where info could be found on your documents. In other words, everything needs to be easy on the eye. And here are the things that are definitely going to get you kicked out if you do too much of it. If you have formatting in your documents that is not easy for the ATS to read, in other words, too much of it, then you basically get a low score or maybe even kicked out. So too many tables, too many text boxes in boxes. Avoid putting logos at all into your resume. Avoid putting images into your resume, especially mugshots. Uh, most countries have equal opportunity employment rules and photos are not allowed. Don't put graphs and graphics and other visuals in there. Columns, headers, footers uh, should be basic and simple. And don't put uncommon section headings or hyperlinks uh, into your resume, especially hyperlinks that are not activated. And 
then this is the other thing. Avoid uh, less common fonts. Stick to the universal fonts like Arial, Helvetica, Times New Roman. Maybe if you like it, Cool and Funky, Garamond, Georgia or Cambria. But avoid fonts that you need to download because the ATS might have problems passing and then processing them. So there you have it. Those are the secrets of how you can beat the ATS. And there are also a couple of quick elements that you can use without worrying that you're tripping up the ATS. So you can do things like putting text into bold, italics, you can underline, you can use colors and bullets. Bullets are actually important components of any document, but ensure to stick to the standard circle or square shaped ones. Anything else will look messy or even get you kicked out. So that's really it. That is the secret of what is an ATS. Uh, remember Mr. Miyagi, <laughs> wax on, wax off, do it the right way and you'll have uh, success. You'll pass the first hurdle and you'll make it to the job interview. And if you don't pass the job interview, don't beat yourself up because to get to that stage really means that you are the right candidate. You were just not the right candidate for that particular job. Whatever you do, make sure that you always check and check one more time that you hunt wisely and make sure that you always check that you have ticked all the right boxes. 